Thanks for tuning in to the Harvest Chapel podcast. We hope this message inspires, challenges, and encourages you while giving you practical steps to take in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Enjoy the message. Thank you, worship team. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good to see you, and welcome to Harvest Chapel. My name is Wes. I'm the lead pastor, and I want to extend a great big thank you for being a part of our uh, second service today. If you're online, thanks for tuning in, and uh, listen, you guys showing up today is an answer to our prayer. We've been praying for today. We've been praying that we could sense the love and acceptance of Jesus in a real and tangible way. We've been praying that all of us could leave here different than when we came in, because there's something that just beautiful that happens when we spend time in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I'm, I'm just grateful that I get to be part of this with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to the first chapter of the book of Acts, the first chapter of the book of Acts. Uh, we are in our teaching series entitled Planted. We're talking about the basics, the essentials of being a follower of Jesus Christ. We want to grow our roots deep in him. Uh, we want to live in such a way that puts a smile on God's face. So each week we've been talking about uh, different uh, disciplines. We've talked about prayer and Bible reading. We've been talking about serving. We've been talking about the Christian life is just a journey. It's a daily walk. And if you've missed any of these, uh, I want to encourage you to jump online at Harvest Chapel and check them out. I, I'm, I'm saying they'll be encouraging to you, helpful. And uh, there's just something about us slowing down and reflecting on the basics of Christianity, right? There's something about if we could just get the basics down. I mean, sometimes we get in our heads and we make this thing of following Jesus way too complicated. And I, I think if we could just get back to the basics and um, it will really help all of us. I know it helps me. If you're with me so far, can I get an Amen. All right, so Acts chapter 1, we're going to talk about uh, one of my favorite talk, uh, topics to talk about, um, and uh, I pray we could dive in. I pray that we could have an open heart and open mind. In fact, let's pray for that, and then we'll dive in. Jesus, help us today hear from heaven, and God, regardless of where we find ourselves on our spiritual journey, I pray that each one of us could take another step closer to you. God, for those that are here today that may not know you, I pray, God, you reveal uh, yourself to them. God, I pray for those that may be here today that feel a little burned out, tired, a little worn out. I pray in the name of Jesus, you give them strength. God, I pray for those that have come today uh, desiring more of you. God, I pray you meet them right where they're at. But God, we are grateful that we could journey together. And Lord, we pray you do something special in our hearts. In Jesus' name, And everyone said, amen. amen. All right, let me ask you a few questions. And I, I could answer yes to these uh, over the course of my life. How about this? Do you know anyone that seems like, right, and we don't compare, so hear the heart behind this. Do you know anyone in your life that seems like they may have a little bit more spiritual oomph in their step than you do? That, right? Do you, do you know someone in your life, like, if you need someone to pray for you, you know that person who you're going to go to? Right, I do. I mean, I have. There's some people in my life. Like, if 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 stuff is happening in my life, if I need a breakthrough, I I, I have a handful of people that I want to make sure they're praying with me. Uh, do you know someone? Maybe that's. It seems like they're a few steps further in their journey with Jesus. That they just model this integrity. They they model what it looks like to be. And I'm not talking about perfection. None of us are perfect, right? Uh, but they have this humility, knowing who they are in Jesus, and they just seem like they they have. I don't know, a better way to say it, maybe just a little bit more spiritual power. Do you know anyone like that, right? Now, we know that at the foot of the cross, it's all even, right? 
there are not Christian superstars and Christian bench players, right? Sometimes we, we fool ourselves and think like, well, they're so spiritual. I don't think God sees us that way. But I do think there are people that have learned to lean into and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, right? That doesn't mean they're better than you or better than me. They, they have just learned to lean into uh, something that God has provided for all of us. And today, I, I want to talk to you about how we could lean into the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's, like I said, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. But what's interesting to me is when you get a bunch of Christians together and you bring up the topic of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking to it's instant opinions flying everywhere. There's extremes in all of those things. And I'm, you know, I, I, in this first service, I just asked God, uh, just, I said, sorry that we, we make this so complicated. There, there's one camp that just thinks the Holy Spirit is not really doing anything today, that it just stopped, it ceased, and that's one camp. There's another camp that's just super excessive, and it kind of gives all things uh, Christianity or all things, things of the Spirit a bad name it's like uh, you know but just because there's bad things that happen doesn't mean the holy spirit is bad Amen. and we should never let someone who doesn't know what they're doing keep us from what god has for us Amen. right just like if you see someone who calls themselves a christian and they act like a knucklehead like we're all prone to do that doesn't mean jesus is a knucklehead Amen. right are you tracking you know and, and people do that well I, i've met so many christians that are hypocrites Okay, so have I, but Jesus is not, and I'm not following them, I'm following Jesus, and by the way, if you say I'm not going to church because it's full of hypocrites, listen, we got room for one more, come on, right? It just reminds us that we need help, right? We need Jesus, right? So today, I wanted to kind of just lay out some thoughts on the Holy Spirit, and I believe, and Danette and I have made it our goal ever since we have become lead pastors is that you can be spirit-filled, you can be spirit-led, and not be weird. Right? If you don't know what that means, good for you. Right? I'm actually happy. If you do know what that means, then we're going to navigate some, uh, some, some important topics today uh, pertaining to the Holy Spirit. I think one of the pictures that helped me learn how much I need the Holy Spirit in my life uh, was this just simple little story uh, and, I've, and I've told you this before but my dad owned a BMX track when I was a kid I raced bikes all over the country he owned one it was nice it was really nice as a teenager having that place to go practice until we had work days work days were no fun you know why because I was on wheelbarrow duty just about every time <laughs> wheelbarrow duty meant I had a shovel and I went around picking up rocks put them in the wheelbarrow and then hiking over you know far off the track to take all these big boulders and dump them now, I knew sooner I got this task done, the sooner I would get to practice, do something more fun than moving rocks. So I would load this wheelbarrow up to the top with these rocks. Now, the bad thing, I was like 4'11 and 120 pounds, and I could not carry a heavy wheelbarrow. And so I would go, and I don't know if you've ever hurried with a wheelbarrow, and it starts wobbling, right? It's wobbling, and you, it's going, and you can't stop it, and then it falls, right? And I remember this happening time and time again this one day, and every time it fell over, I was like cursing the day I was born, right? I was like, ah, you know, and my dad, did he come and help? No. Did, you know, he just, like, this is a character-building exercise, and I'm like, it's building something. That's what I'm saying, it's building something. And so I remember it was getting later in the afternoon, and I'm struggling with these stupid rocks, and I, I'm not bitter, by the way. I've let this go, but uh, I remember the guy in the tractor. Now, I had a shovel, 
the guy in the tractor, skilled labor, pulls up. He said, hey, Wes, I'll just put the bucket down, scoop the rocks in there, and I'll go dump them. At that moment, I had a spiritual revival. I mean, I, 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 I started worship. No, I mean, but I was so excited, right? And I, I think, oh, man, I thought this was amazing. And this is such a picture of how I've tried to live my life at different seasons um, of my Christianity, where I would put all the rocks in my own wheelbarrow, and I would try to carry it. The cares, the stress, the, the questions, the needs, the hurts, the, the, all of it, I would just pile in, and I would try to carry it. But here's what I know. I didn't know this as a kid, but I do know this now. I and you are never, have never been built to carry all the crud, right? And yet we try all the time. I mean, there's, there's some of you that come in every week with a wobbly wheelbarrow just getting ready to dump it because you feel like you have to carry it all. You've never, you've never been built to carry it all. Now, because we're a sophisticated bunch, we put really sophisticated labels to all of the rocks in our lives, but you strip all that away and there's still rocks. And we're still striving in our own power to get through this thing called parenting or life or a sickness or a job transition or whatever, and we're trying to carry it. And what I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit has come to help carry those rocks. Are you with me? Right to, to give you the strength you need to navigate this crazy thing called life. So our text, Acts chapter 1, let me give you a little background. Jesus had been crucified. Three days later, he was resurrected. Aren't you glad we serve a resurrected king? Huh? Right? We're not talking about some figment of our imagination. We're not talking about some little statue. Today, we worship the risen Savior. I love that. I'm excited about that. Uh, so he's with his disciples, his followers. Remember, a disciple is just a, a follower or a student, a pupil of Jesus. Now, and just put yourself in this situation. They, they, they hung out with Jesus. They saw Jesus get crucified. They saw Jesus get buried. And now they see Jesus alive. Talking about an emotional roller coaster. Are you with me? I mean, can you imagine? Mind blown. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus is hanging out with them, and this is what he says. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Here's Jesus. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Everyone say gift. Yeah. It's a gift, right? The Holy Spirit's a gift. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's a gift, okay? The Holy Spirit is a gift. Sometimes if you've been around uh, spirit-filled churches people get enamored with the spiritual gifts i think it's okay to want a spiritual gift but the real gift is the holy spirit and then the gift gives gifts are you tracking right so sometimes we want the hand and we miss the entire gift sometimes we want the blessing and we forget the blesser so this is important to understand right so the word baptize in this in this uh passage too just a little side note literally means to immerse or dunk all the way under now, when we baptize at Harvest Chapel, we do it by immersion, right? You Maybe you've seen it right here. This lid comes off here, and people go in, and we baptize them all the way under, and they come up. And it's one of the biggest points of contention for people coming from other churches. Why do you do that? Well, I'll tell you why. You know, I'm, I'm going to get really deep. Stick with me, right? Because that's what the word baptize means. To immerse. I'm not a theologian, but that's just what it means. To immerse to go all the way under. And number two, we do it that way because Jesus was baptized that way, right? It says that Jesus came up out of the water. Listen, stick with me. You can't come out of the water unless you go in the water. 
right? So what we try to do is just do what the Bible says, right? And so we baptize that way. But this is the same word in the text. Jesus has promised that you will be filled, overcome, immersed in the Holy Spirit. You'll be completely saturated with the presence of the Spirit of God. Verse 8, stick with me. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Another way to say that, here, there, and everywhere. The Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. Everyone say power. This is important, right? Why is this important? Because there's too many of us that call themselves believers that are living powerless Christian lives. They're weak, they're anemic, there's no ah, there's just uh, you know what I'm saying? Somehow we need uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, right? Right? And somehow we come limping into church, we're perpetually defeated, we're always discouraged, we're the whooping boy for the enemy, and I want you to know that, that Jesus said that you'll receive power. And I'm telling you right now, in this day and age, if you're gonna make it as a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life right listen you need the power of the holy spirit just to go to walmart you know what i'm saying right right you need it and that's why god gave it to us right i'm just seeing if you're paying attention now the word power in the greek is dunamis i love this i'm not a greek scholar at all in fact i have little desire to be one but i love this word because it means it's a force it's a miraculous power it's the explosive power of god so get this before the day of pentecost in acts chapter 2 jesus says it's better for me to go so the holy spirit could come i wouldn't buy that if i was there i'd like seriously i'd rather have you jesus he said no it's going to be better why because jesus knew that when the holy spirit came that he would baptize immerse us saturate us in the explosive power of god through the presence and the person of the holy spirit are you with me Right? There's just something excited about this. I don't care if you're Baptist. I don't care if you're a Catholic. I don't care if you're a spirit. I don't care. They're, they're, this is a promise for all of us. Amen. Right? And it's just wondering, what will it take for us just to get a little bit agitated with ourselves for perpetually living a powerless walk in Jesus? Being spirit-led, being spirit-filled, living in the power of God does not it's not regulated to a song or how many we sing it's not regulated to a name or a title or a denomination of church it's not regulated to the kind of preaching how loud how quiet how much I spit or sweat none of that right it's a gift from God right the Holy Spirit is a person not an it it's the third he's the third part of the Trinity God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit are you tracking so far we need what God has given us now look at these people that Jesus was talking to this is the same group of followers that Jesus would get onto for not having enough faith sounds familiar these were the same people that struggled to get it right now how many of you have seen any of the episodes of the chosen anyone all right, so it's kind of funny. There's some people that nitpick. Well, that's not biblically accurate. Listen, it's a story. It's a movie. It's not a translation of Scripture. Get over yourself a smidgen. Just relax. As you pay 12 bucks to go watch a movie from Hollywood. You know what I'm saying, right? Just relax. That's another message. Uh, the hypocrisy of us sometimes knows no bounds. Anyways, um, what's interesting is how you see the disciples interact and what was so challenging i'm late to the game by the way and to be honest when we first started watching these i'm kind of embarrassed to tell you when we first started watching these 
Danette and Piper would be sitting there with me, and I'm asleep within the first 15 minutes. <laughs> Priest of the home, pastor of harvest, and I'm sleeping as soon as the Bible story comes on, right? <laughs> Pray for me. But I tell you what has been so challenging is watching how Jesus interacts with his disciples and then seeing the humanity of the disciples. And sometimes I think we need to be reminded that these people were just like us. They really needed God's help. Peter, the ringleader, one of my favorite characters in scripture, told Jesus, I'll never leave you. I'm never gonna leave you. He denies Christ three times, right? John was the only one uh, present when, when Jesus was on the cross. The other ones were afraid for their lives. When Jesus was resurrected, he finds himself locked in a room. They were all fearful, right? And, and then there was Thomas. Can you imagine this being written about you? Uh, Thomas, like, ah, I don't even, I, you, know, you sound like Jesus, you look like Jesus, but I don't believe, let me touch your hands right and, and like we kind of throw Thomas under the bus a little bit but it's just like these were normal people I, and I could understand him doubting to a degree because after all I you know Thomas saw him die right I get it but what I'm saying is that these were all normal people this was a group that needed the power so Jesus made the promise and Jesus made the provision so that this ragtag group of people could literally turn the world upside down Fast forward to today, we're here as a result of their faithfulness, of them learning to lean into the power that God gave them as a gift through the person of the Holy Spirit. Are we tracking? We are here because the disciples that were once cowering in fear stepped up in boldness and an anointing to spread the good news of Jesus all across the globe. Awesome. How God could take someone normal and ordinary like us and give them the gift and literally breathe that life and power in a way that literally transforms them into a world changer. So this morning, I want to encourage you to take the gloves off, set the wheelbarrow aside, and learn to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to talk just about a few areas where and how the Holy Spirit gives us power. And just like all of this series, let's keep it on the lowest shelf because this is where we're at, and that's okay. This is where I live because I want to be able to access this and not just have it in my head but move it into my heart and my lifestyle because church does us no good if we're fed a bunch of knowledge and we don't put it into practice, right? We're not trying to get uh, smarter. We're trying to become more like Jesus. And in the process of becoming more like Jesus, if we get smarter, then praise God, but, right? But we have to be able to walk this out, right? So let me just share some things with you number one the holy spirit gives you power to share christ boldly everyone say boldly right you can share jesus boldly because of the work of the spirit in your life paul gives us a great picture of this first corinthians chapter 2 verse 4 and he says my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom but on God's power. I love that. What is Paul saying? Now, Paul was very talented. Paul was very smart. But he's saying, the reason you saw what happened in and through my ministry was not because I was super smart. I wasn't an intellectual giant. I wasn't all that in a bag of chips. I was just being a willing vessel, and the Spirit of God was working through me. I love that. Now, why is that relevant for us? Well, if we're honest, I think most of us get pretty nervous when it comes to talking about Jesus with people in our lives. Right? We get kind of excited and we could shout an amen, we could worship the Lord in church, but when we leave here, boy, sometimes it's nerve wracking to share our faith. And I, I think there's a real tension here, and it, and it is real, 
but I want to tell you something. This is so important because I really believe in our community, in our region, in America, there is a spiritual hunger. There is a desire to know the why behind the what. There, there, there are people looking for answers. And the church, those that are followers of Jesus Christ, capital C, what the called out ones, need to step up and step into the opportunities that God provides to share our story, right? When I was a kid, I was terrified to talk about Jesus. I gave my life to the Lord. He literally transformed my life, but I was afraid. I didn't want to be rejected. I didn't want to be laughed at. I felt like, you know, uh, what do I know? Who am I to share? But here's something that happened in my life. Me talking about Jesus is not based on how I feel. It's based on what's real. Right. And if I allow my feelings to dictate the way I live my life, I would never do anything productive. Right? You know, if feelings are important, emotions are important, that's the way God wired us, but sometimes our feelings betray us. I, was, I gave my life to the Lord. I wasn't perfect, but my life had been transformed, just like I said. But the enemy would tell me I'm not good enough. That's a feeling. What was real is that my sins are forgiven and I'm a new creation in Christ, right? So what are you gonna do? Are you going to uh, bow to your feelings or are you gonna embrace what's real, right? And I, I, I wouldn't make people happy. I didn't want to be confrontational. But I'm telling you, something happened in my life where I begin to understand that if I would talk about the great time I had on the previous weekend, if I could talk about some new bike or new bike part or a trophy I won, if I could talk about that, why can't I share the most important news of all of history, right? And then I begin to understand that what I need to be bold in my faith that God had already provided for me. It's the third person of the Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit inside of me. Are you with me? And I had to lean into that. And so I want to encourage you this morning to lean in to the power of God in your life to be a Christian that doesn't only show it with your lifestyle, but says it with your lips. You never know. You never know what an encouraging word or just telling your story. Listen, everyone knows you're not perfect. Beat them to the punch. Right? I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Man, I am not perfect. I have a ways to go. But this is what God's done in my life. You could do it, and I just want to challenge you. Who should you be inviting to harvest? Who, who should you be telling about Jesus this week? Make a list. Who are those in your life that need some encouragement that only God could bring? Step up, lean into the power. God has already promised that he will give you power to share your faith. If you're tracking so far, say amen. amen. The Holy Spirit gives you power when you're weak. How many have ever been weak? Raise your hand real quick. Stick with me. Don't let waffles cloud your, your mind right now, right? <laughs> Right? We've all been weak. We've all struggled. We've been physically weak, mentally weak, emotionally weak, spiritually weak. We've been there. In Romans 8, uh, 26, it says, in the same way, listen to this, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I love that. It's like God thought of everything. It says, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans and words that words cannot express. One of the great things that the Holy Spirit does is help us when we're at the end of the rope. When you're at the end of your rope in parenting, have you ever been there before? When you're at the end of your rope in your marriage, you think it's gonna implode or explode, right? When you have a big presentation at work, you're trying to close a deal, whatever it is, when you feel like you can't go any further, you need to understand that God is already there. He knows, right? Maybe today you need to be reminded that you are, you, you know that the Holy Spirit work in your life would give you the power to be set free from any habit or sin that has you all bound up. Listen, you don't have to be bound or obliterated by your sin. 
The devil wants to get in your ear and say, you will always be this way because you've always been this way. Your, your parents were this way and their parents were this way. But here's what I want you to know. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Right? There's sometimes we just need to get a little attitude and remember that we don't have to settle for less. Right? We don't have to live another day of powerless, weak, anemic, lifeless Christianity. I love the picture we get in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, completely understands the work of the Holy Spirit when he's weak and he's talking about his thorn in the flesh. Theologians, they, historians, they say it's something physical, most likely. A disease, a handicap, an ailment, something, something severe, right? And, and Paul asked if, if anyone should be able to get, you know, uh, some access, some a little extra benefit from God you think would be Paul. God, he asked God three times to remove the problem. And listen to the response, right? This is Paul, wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament. And in uh, chapter 12, verse 9, this is the response from God to Paul. This is what God says, Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. Paul cries out three times, take this thorn in the flesh. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Now listen to this. This is the money verse right here. It says, for my power is made perfect in your weakness, right? My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Isn't that cool? And then it says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. We're living in a culture where we don't like hard but it's amazing to me the ways God works in our lives when we finally admit that we're weak or that we can't do it or I can't carry the wheelbarrow, right? I'm working with all these men, these strong men working on the track. I'm a scrawny teenager. I couldn't, they could have carried it. I'm gonna show them. But you know what? In my efforts to show them, I kept dumping the wheelbarrow, right? And that's what we do with our lives, the Holy Spirit showing up in our weakness as it's as if he's saying, hey, let me leverage your inability by showing you my ability. Right? Let me show you again that you are very finite in your strength, power, understanding, and all those things. But let me demonstrate my infinite side, my power, my abilities. And I'm just wondering, what would it look like if we had enough intellectual honesty to admit to God by the way he already knows when we're weak and we can't do it so we could invite his power and his presence in our time of weakness are you with me right when we can say you know I'm I'm at the end of the rope I can't do it anymore I, I simply can't it's not that I don't want to God it's just I can't and then watch the Holy Spirit work it's okay not to be okay. And the beautiful thing there is when you acknowledge that you're not okay is where are you gonna turn? If you're not okay this morning, listen, it's okay. But know that your help comes from heaven. Are you with me? Right? And in your weakness, God's strength is made perfect in you. I think that is beautiful. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit gives us power to have hope in a hopeless world. How many think we need hope in our hopeless world? We do. We need, we need Romans 15. I love this verse. May the God of hope, 
Who's the God of hope? Our God. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Listen, may the God of hope fill you with what? Joy and peace. How? When you trust in him. So that you may what? Overflow with hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I love this. We unlock the blessings of God when we trust in him so that we can overflow with hope. We should be the most hope-filled people on the planet. Thank you. There's one of you with me. Thank you. <laughs> well, Wes, I would just, I would have, I want to argue with that. I, I don't think we should have hope. No, come on, really? We should be the most hope-filled filled people we know we win we've read the last page of the book god is for us and not against us right we should be hope filled and maybe just the problem in america is our christianity is just so boring that it turns people off but what would it look like if we squared our shoulders and say listen even when it's hard my hope is in jesus christ even when i don't have the answers my hope is in jesus christ even when i'm struggling my hope is in jesus christ are you with me right how can we take something so life-giving and just take all the life out of it and live a powerless walk with Jesus? He is the author of our hope, right? I don't know. We all put our hope in different things. I do know that. Some in money, some in prestige, power, position, accomplishments, stuff, vacations, we get it. But you and I both know if you've lived any length of time that those things don't last and they don't really satisfy you know, there's nothing like taking the excitement out of getting a new car than taking it to a parking lot and getting a ding in the door. Or putting your kids in the back and then dropping fries in the cracks of the seat so your car stinks all the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have a friend, right? It's just funny how things could lose their luster, and yet so often we put our hope in those. God is our hope. He's our provider, our healer. He's our comforter. He's our strength. All of those things. Right? So one more time. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How? As you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I just, just add one more thought here. When, when I read that word overflow, I can't help but think of that old lesson my youth pastor told us that we need to be so full of Jesus, so full of God like a 50 gallon drum that's just filled with water right that old drum it's just filled with water so if you accidentally bump into the drum what happens the water just spills out and gets you i think we could live our lives in such a way that we're so filled with the hope of god through the power of the holy spirit that when people bump into us that jesus just gushes out are you with me right that even when the pressure and the tension of life begins to just clamp down on us and we feel like we're going to lose it the tighter it gets the more jesus comes out Right? I, I just think that this is the life that God has for us. And this does not negate the reality of trials and tribulations and difficulties and all the, it does not one bit. It just shows us that in light of those things, we could still shine, we could still live in victory, we could still be contagious in our faith because we know our hope comes from God. The Holy Spirit gives us power to experience the fullness of God. Paul writes a letter to the church in Ephesus and we pick it up in chapter 3 verse 16 and stick with me it's a lengthy passage but it's powerful it says I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being verse 17 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith 
And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, listen to this, verse 18, may have power together with all of the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. Verse 19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. I love that. Wow. When I was a, a, a young Christian, I, got, I gave my life to the Lord when I was a teenager, and this is how it went for me. And it, I believe it was innocent, but this is how it went. I gave my life to the Lord. I made a commitment to follow Jesus, and to be honest, I had no idea what I was getting into. Right? Uh, I had no idea, but I knew he was doing something in my life, in my heart, and I had to respond with a yes, and I'm glad I did. I made a decision to get water baptized. Again, I didn't fully understand it at the time, the ramifications, but it was one of the most defining moments in my life, right? Unchurched kid, I rode my bike to church. That was the first time I remember going to church with my dad. He showed up and he told me, uh, this was great, this is so my dad, son, do you have a hard hat just in case the roof falls in on my head, right? <laughs> right? And uh, I, I hear him saying that. So I got baptized, defining moment. I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. I got called into full-time vocational ministry, meaning I, I, I wanted to be a pastor all before I was 20. And I got to a place where I felt like I jumped through all of the hoops that Jesus had for me, all of the hoops of Christianity. And I'm like, wow, I did all this before I was 20. What else am I going to do? Um, it's embarrassing to say it out loud, but that's where I was at, right? And I'm like, wow, can I coast now? Now, as long as I don't do the big sins, I should be fine, right? Because everyone knows if you go to church, we're only really concerned with three or four of the big sins, and we're okay with a lot of the little sins we do all the time, right? Come on, right? Nope. Don't be appalled because that's how we act sometimes, right? <laughs> Gossip is not as bad as, as, you know, running someone off the road, right? I mean, uh, watching things that aren't appropriate is not as bad as, you, you know, come on, you've done, have, you've done that before. Frank and Farrah Pharisee, they come at us all the time, right? But the reality is all of it's bad and that Jesus went to die for all of them. But I, I, had, I had to get uh, to the place where I remembered where I'm like, when I'm just trying to go through the motions on my own to not commit any of the big sins, what I'd really communicated to the Lord is that I put my work gloves back on and I grabbed the shovel and the wheelbarrow and I started carrying everything on my own. Because here's the deal. No matter if you get baptized or whatever, there's always more to God than we have now. And I say that not in the context of that God's dangling this carrot in front of you to keep you on this treadmill called Christianity and you're never gonna get there. No, not at all. But God is so big. There's so much of him and that you could experience him daily. And I thought because I jumped through the hoops that I had already arrived. And that is so embarrassing to say. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit keeps things fresh in our lives. Are you with me? Right, that, that, that's, that's why when we come to service before you get here, I know it could be stressful in the morning, you know, running late, you know, the whatever, but maybe you could just pray with me every Sunday on your way, and Lord, by your spirit, just encourage the family. God, challenge us, because we need to stay fresh in our relationships with Jesus, right? And maybe you're not experiencing the fullness of God because you quit pursuing him, because maybe like me, you thought you've already jumped through the hoops. We don't serve a God that makes us jump through hoops. Amen. It's about relationship. 
right? It's, it's more, right? The Holy, Springs, uh, Holy Spirit brings us into this constant awareness of the presence of God in our lives, and I pray that over you all the time. God, let us be aware of your presence, because I think if we were aware of our, uh, your presence, Lord, we wouldn't do, say, or act like we do. Can I get an amen right there? Right? If we, if, you know, if, we, if we were just over the top, if Jesus was with us all the time, some of you wouldn't drive the way you do. Some of you wouldn't watch the TV you watch. Some of you wouldn't talk. If Jesus was there on your side, listen, the Holy Spirit is with you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit reminds us of the, the constant awareness of God in our life. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So a lot of people say, oh, I want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And I love the gifts. God's put a gift in all of us, at least one. But here's what I know. The gifts of the Spirit shows your ministry. The fruit of the Spirit shows your maturity. I want us to be the most mature church we could possibly be. Because when we grow into maturity, we are a more accurate reflection of who Jesus is. The Spirit helps us with that. The Holy Spirit leads us into joy. Don't you think we should be the most joy-filled people anywhere? You know, I think it's interesting. Um, you hear, and I, I'm meddling a little bit, but I got a few more minutes, so I'll meddle away. Well, uh, you know, me, I, I'm just, my personality, I'm just not very excitable. You know, I, I, my personality, I'm kind of quiet, I'm kind of shy. Here's what I know. God being worthy of your best and your worship is not dependent or tied to your personality. You living and expressing joy is not tied to your personality. Right? Well, I'm an introvert. I can't be joyful. Wrong. <laughs> you just like being joyful by yourself, right? <laughs> but we make all of these excuses on why we're so boring and crusty in our relationship with Jesus. The Holy Spirit helps us remember that we have a lot to be joyful for. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? Being joyful could even be possible when everything around you is horrible right being joyful is possible because of the work of the spirit even when you don't feel good you're stressed out and everyone's driving you crazy and it's the joy of the lord that's your strength so don't make excuses on why you can't smile hey listen i don't know your church background but i just want you to know smiling in church is not a sin right it's not. Some of you have been like, I'm not smiling. If I laugh in church, I'm going to hell. That's not true, right? It's not true. <laughs> the Holy Spirit makes us aware that there's strength in our relationship with Jesus. The Holy Spirit, uh, we need to know that the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to live a life that re reflects the glory of God. Some of you young people are trying to decide what you want to do with your life. Let the Holy Spirit direct you. Because sometimes the not so uncommon uh, sense is, is the direction God's leading. I, I remember when I told my dad I wanted to be called, I, I was called in the ministry, and he, you could just see it. He loved me so much. He was like the best dad ever, but you could see his head just going. <laughs> he wasn't a believer at the time. He had no idea. He wanted me to make a living, son. You know, he wanted me to, all, but he didn't get it. But sometimes you just have to lean into the Spirit's direction and not just common sense. I would say, as a, just an add-on, we need a lot more common sense. But I'm telling you, as a Christ follower, we should be in tune 
with that still small voice of God and allowing him to guide our steps. Are you tracking? Right? Uh, uh, and I think it's important. So let me wrap it up with some prayer tips. And this is one of these talks that um, I cannot pull you across the finish line on this one. But I could be in the crowd cheering you on like crazy. And I'm going to give you some tips from a coach here to help you learn to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And these are prayer tips. And what you do with this is now on you, right? Notice has been served and we could do all of this together. You ready? Prayer tips. Pray and ask God to help you experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life in a real and deeper way. You're like, well, I grew up this way or I had a bad experience this way. Stop it. Don't don't box God in with your limited experience. Are you with me? Let me remind you again, he's the God of the universe. Big. Don't let a bad experience or a lack of understanding today keep you from what God has for you for the rest of your life, right? Pray and ask, God, I just want to experience all that you have. I, I love what Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says. It's a gift. Can you imagine if, if someone gave you a gift and they're like, here's a gift. You're like, no thanks. I had a bad experience one time with wrapping paper. I'm never, ever. One time when I was a kid, I was opening a, a toy in a box. I cut my finger. No more gifts. That's what we do to God. It's a gift. God, I want to experience it all. I don't get it. I don't understand it. These people are weird over here, but I know you're not, right? Number two, we confess those areas in our lives where we're struggling. I think this needs to be a part of our daily rhythms with Jesus. There's something beautiful about getting real with God. God, I'm struggling today with doubt. I'm struggling with fear. I'm struggling with this. I like to tell God, and then I like to tell Danette. Why? Because when I do, it breaks the back. I'm not struggling alone anymore. Are you with me? The devil loves for you to struggle in isolation. That's why when people struggle, they don't come to church. Can you imagine? This is what we do. Oh, I'm going through a tough time. That's why I haven't been at church. Time out. You get to the church. You get to your small group when you're struggling. You don't struggle in isolation. So you tell God, I'm struggling. Number three, we talk to God about any concerns or any trials that you're enduring. Talk to him. We allow the Holy Spirit to instill us with hope. Listen, even though the days are dark, God is doing a new thing. I am so encouraged at what God is doing at Harvest in you, through you, through us. I, I am just blown away. Danette and I both feel that we're on the edge of something like we've never seen. And we're believing God for it. Why? Why? Because he's the God of hope. Right? And my hope is properly and firmly placed on his promises. We allow the Holy Spirit through prayer to strengthen and enrich every area of our lives so that we could experience the fullness of God. What does that look like? Maybe it's you get in your favorite chair. If you're walking, well, however you like to pray, and you just turn your heart to heaven and say, God, I just want more. I want to walk in the fullness of your presence, of your spirit. I want to know you more. I, I'm not content with where I'm at spiritually. I want, I want to be full of God's presence. Are you with me? Those are healthy prayers to pray. And here's what I've learned. Sometimes you'll run into people at church and, and be honest, sometimes I'm a little cynical and critical of church people, be honest. 
because it seems like when people get mature in their faith, sometimes they get a little snarky or a little proud. But what I know is the more of Jesus I get in my life, the more I realize it's all about him and less about me. And that's why spiritual pride is so nauseating to me. It's just like spiritual pride in Jesus, eh, right? Exclusive, right? But there's something beautiful to say, God, my hands, this is what I do. My hands start to have it. I do it at my kitchen table, right? Early in the morning, me in my lab, he's sitting there staring at me. And I'm just like, God, I need more. I can't do what you're calling me to do if you don't show up. I feel the weight. Sometimes I feel a little bit of that panicky overwhelm. That's when I'm getting in the flesh or my tank is empty and I'm just like, fill me up. God, help me eliminate the excuses of why I can't be or do or go or say what you put on my heart to do, go or say. God, let me walk in that fullness. Those are just a handful of the things that I try to do all the time because I know that I know that I know that I know that there's more of God to be had, right? None of us have like, yo, we're just so spiritual. We just nailed it, right? And I can't help but dream a little bit of what it would look like in our church, in our community, in our region, if we all prayed that similar prayer, just God, fill me up. God, overflowing. God, give me boldness. Let me know you're there when I'm struggling. God, let me just be so full of your presence that when people bump into me, they can't help but get wet with Jesus. Are you with me? Right? Can you imagine if we just prayed the prayer for one another that we're just full of joy? So we're not like a bunch of crank pots when we leave here. Right? Seriously, you know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes we need to remind our face of what God's doing in our hearts. We have so much to be grateful for more of God, right? So here's the two steps today. Number one, and you got to do these on your own, and I'm going to pray over us, and while I do, you can pray too. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ yet today, today, own your spiritual journey, and you pray a prayer something like this. Lord, I'm a sinner. You're like, well, that's negative. We're all sinners saved by God's grace, right? We've all been there. God, I'm a sinner. I've fallen short of your standards, and I want your forgiveness come into my life and forgive me and help me live for you and fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer already, I I challenge you, right? Like when we were kids, I double dog dare you, right? To get hungry for Jesus, to pray today, God, give me a hunger for the things of God. Well, I've been in the faith a long time. No, no, stop it, stop it, stop it. Today, God, give us a hunger to grow in our relationship with Jesus, to love him more. I'm grateful for all of the years that I've served Jesus, but I know I can't live on all those years. Today's a new day, and I need a fresh touch from heaven. Are you with me? His mercies are new every morning. And if his mercies are new every morning, how come I'm so content with all the stuff from yesteryear? how How can I not want more of the Lord? And that's what I'm praying over you, and that's what I want us to pray for. God, give us a hunger. So let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we looked at your word. We stand on your word as the final authority. And we ask you today to do something in our hearts deep and profound.
God, I pray we could be more open to the power of God in our lives through the working of the Holy Spirit, that we won't let some bad experience or a narrow, narrow view rob us of your fullness. God, I pray that we could be hungry for the things of God, that it goes beyond just coming to church a couple times a month. God, help us with that. God, I pray that we could pray for one another, that we could encourage one another in this journey. And God, I pray that we could do all of this with the motivation of knowing you better. And as we know you better, God, we can make you known better. Bless my friends as we go. Strengthen them in the mighty name of Jesus. Give them joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Guard our hearts, guard our minds. And God, let us be really good reflections of who you are. We're grateful for your mercy. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap of praise, can we? Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. Know you have a pastor who's cheering you on and praying for you. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Harvest Chapel, visit our website, harvestchapel.net. If you want to support any of the ministries at Harvest Chapel, you can do so by visiting harvestchapel.net slash give and choose from several of our giving options. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe. We have new messages every week. Feel free to share our message on any of your social media platforms and tag us at harvest.chapel. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless, and we'll see you next week.